Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Deep Background. My name is Eric Adler. I'm a reporter at the Kansas City Star, and I am here with my colleague, Laura Bauer. Um, we were two of the first reporters from this newspaper down in Joplin on May 22nd, 2011, for the tornado that ended up killing uh, 161 people. Um, we're going to talk about that today. I hope if you, uh, you enjoy the show that you will go to iTunes and subscribe to Deep Background and hopefully uh, write a review. So let's get started. Um, I have to be honest with you, on that Sunday, I was in Kansas City with no clue of what was going on in the rest of the state. I mean, it was hot and it was humid here. I think I'd been working in my yard and had gotten done with a rather um, hard day around 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. And um, that's where I was when I ended up getting a call. I think you had heard something earlier, hadn't you? Yeah, I was starting a week vacation. My sister was in town from New York, and we were kind of planning a picnic for the afternoon, and I got a call around. It's been around noon. It was from an editor at the Star that wanted me to go to Redding, Kansas. They had had a tornado the night before, and it seemed to be devastating for a very tiny town. And normally I accept every invitation to go out of town. I'd Before that call, I had covered three other towns that right, had been destroyed right. by tornadoes. And really, that's I enjoy going to that, but I just couldn't on that time because you did it Greensburg. was... You had covered yeah, Greensburg. Yeah, I covered Greensburg right, and right. Pierce City and Stockton. And so knew the devastation, knew what it does to the people's lives in those towns. So really wanted to go, but had to beg out because I, you know, had family in town. Right. So I, I guess I got... So I had just sat down to watch some television, end up getting a call from our editor at the time, was Ann Spenner, um, said, can you go to Joplin? It looks like a tornado is hitting or just hit the town. And what I had heard was that five people uh, may have been killed at a, at a uh, hospital. And so I said, sure, um, packed up my stuff, put you know protein bars and water and contact solution in a bag, jumped in the car and really started heading down what I guess was Highway 71 then. What's it called now? 40-something? Uh, 49. 49, 47, 49. <laughs> 71 um, to me. And that was it. And yeah. actually started driving and driving and driving. And, you know, it's about two and a half hours down there. I think I left about six or so. Um, I think at that time I didn't know that the tornado had set down about 541. And right about that time I was watching the Weather Channel and um, had seen Mike Bettis of the National Weather Channel right. um, crying on TV. And right. Did at you text that, me or call me? I, I called you, but at first, my first thing was, you know, I'm from southwest Missouri right. and lived there half my life, and oh, yeah. we were really taken by, oh, my goodness, this guy is crying on TV. What's going on? And my husband's from the Ozarks, too, right, so right, we're right. calling family. We're doing everything. But my first call was to the editor who had called me five, six hours before and said, Okay, I'll go to job. Uh, right, right. And I remember her words to me. Oh, now you want to help? And I'm like, okay, well, yes, I right. do. And but you and I had uh, talked on the phone, and because um, you, I don't well, think you'd I, been to job. No, before. I'd never been to job. Yeah. And I remember actually you telling me, um, you know, the 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 road you're going to want to find is Range Line. Range Line is the main road up, you know, up right. and down north right. and south in the town. I said, well, okay, great, great, great. And I said, well, let's you know, let's keep in touch or right. something as we. We go, and, and I would I call you with details. You would call me with details yeah. as I went down uh, on uh, 71. And I have to say, what was fascinating about going down on 71 is because, you know, and then I started trying to tune into radio stations to see what I could get out of Joplin. Of course, it's hard, a couple hours away. Right. But as I'm going down, the sky, the closer and closer we got 
to Joplin was just this angry, angry, angry sky. I mean, it was still, you could see lightning like flashing up in the uh, upper atmosphere. You called me at one point and you said, you cannot believe the sky. And yeah. I wasn't leaving until like four in the morning. And I didn't want to go to bed because we kept talking on the phone. Right, and I was right. like, you know, but like, and oh, you had described are... it like something you'd never seen oh, before. Oh, no, it was... I think it, you said the bowels of hell, didn't you? Oh, it you? was like, like a hellscape. I yeah, mean, it was yeah. really, it was just red and angry. Of course, the sun was going, you know, had gone or was going down by that time. And ambulances... Were, I mean, I just knew something bigger than five right. people from your call. You weren't the only one responding. No, no. The <laughs> ambulances were racing down from Kansas City down uh, 71 at like just breakneck speed. And nurses and stuff. I remember stopping for gas at one point mm. outside of Joplin. And all of these nurses were uh, like in their cars stopping for gas as well, heading down. Uh, and then by that time, I'd gotten some you know, radio chatter out of Joplin about where mm-hmm. people could go and this kind of thing. And it's getting dark. Right. right. But I think what we knew was the hospital was hit, right. that several businesses were hit. Right. We knew that graduation had just ended right. and that people were coming home. But the big things that you hear were St. John's. Uh, I know you heard Pizza Hut early on. You heard right. Home Depot and right. Walmart. Right. And you're putting all that together and you're thinking, this is... Right. Like nothing we've ever seen. Right. And now the question was, so as far as the reporting goes, it's like, okay, you know that you're going to do a story. It's getting late. And, and right. you know, what, what should we do? So I remember coming in, obviously, from the north into the south part of town, never having been there. And I got to whatever the main road that goes into Joplin is, 40-something, um, yeah. whatever the main highway that heads into Joplin is, it's going to head to the west, Right. And it was blocked off. State, troop, state troopers for miles had blocked off all these roads. And so I couldn't get the, from my main road into this main road. So I turned around, went the other way, went back north, and then found some. Because you always know, like, they can't block off every road, right? right. So I found some county road and wove my, <laughs> wove my way, like, mm. through the dark and through, like, these farmlands, like, into... Are you following ambulance at this point? No, no, I'm just yeah. sort of figuring, yeah. I'm going to... The town is out You're there, going and around I'm going to hit it, and yeah. every town, yeah. every road somehow is going to hit Joplin, right? right? So I just sort of go down these roads, and, and sure enough, I hit the northern part of Joplin, which doesn't look bad at all, right? right. It looks, you right. know, I can't... Really, it's dark, and I can't really tell, but there's lots and lots of traffic. And I can sort of see, like, in the distance, like, that there are... There are, um, you know, the traffic is sort of heading, is being diverted from a certain way, which means right. that's where we need to go. So I head down that way. I come to this intersection. I'm guessing it's probably 7th Street at that point because it's a main right. road. Right. And they've blocked off traffic getting at the 7th Street. Well, you know, as you know, I used to be a, um, an ambulance kind of driver. Uh-huh. And I can see ambulances whipping down 7th Street to the um to memorial hall or yeah to the right yeah, right to yeah. the memorial, i guess i didn't yeah. know it at that point right. but to that part of town and um i, I know that people in these confused confusing times don't always check like who's with what so what i did is i put my blinkers on in my car and <laughs> slipped in behind a bunch of ambulances that were headed like in that direction as if i was like an official vehicle of some sort and, and indeed when we got to a certain point like the police and things like just pulled me through behind the ambulances which brought me right into memorial hall which was mm-hmm. a triage mm-hmm. center and there and by that that time, was the main activity at that point and that yeah, was, yeah and i yeah. who knew it right yeah yeah uh, so that was the main activity so that was that night i don't even know what time it is by then nine or right. so and we're no like longer that. talking because there's no cell phone right there's yeah. no cell phone you're sort of, sort of yeah. on my own um 
And so I get to Memorial Hall. I'm wandering around looking for Memorial Hall. And um, I end up finding actually this woman, Lynn Onstott, who is, I think, the city PIO, mm-hmm. uh, public information officer. And I said, hey, I'm Eric Abbott from the Kansas City Star. And people are everywhere. And I hear, oh, I hear in the, in the hallway from some sheriffs. Oh, that's right. Um, I need to get more body bags. Right. That was my, right, right. I need to get more body bags. Right. And that was my first, oh my God, this is this is something big. Because um, we didn't know. Right, we didn't know. And I find this triage center, I find Lynn, and she, I said, listen, I'm from the Kansas City Star. She goes, oh God, you know, it's chaos right now. I said, well, take my name and, you know, we'll talk later. And she does, writes it down on a piece of paper, and lo and, and behold, And you're she, still at the part of town that's not damaged. It's not so even you damaged. Have no, I have yeah, no yeah. sense, and it's dark. Yeah, but yeah. what I can't do know is that there's like, blah, 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 there's um, helicopters. helicopters all over yeah. the place. Yeah. And, and you can see sort of ambulance lights all over the place. And I get to the back of Memorial Hall, and there's, there are these ambulances, and there are these helicopters sort of floating up above it, and there are all these injured people. Mm. And I say, hey, I'm from the Star, and can you talk? There's an old woman in a wheelchair. Well, I think it was the first woman I spoke to. Um, and she says, I say, you know, can you tell me where she, you were? I think she had been in the Elks Lodge, mm-hmm. I believe. One of the lodges One down there. One of the lodges. Yeah. And I said, can you tell? You know, I was there with my husband. Can you tell me what happened? She goes, um, yeah, my husband lay on top of me to protect mm-hmm. me from the storm. The entire place fell down. And I said, well, where is your husband now? He says, well, he died on top of me. And... Again, it was one of those things like this is bigger than anything mm-hmm. we knew because there was no real information and at that how point. How are you doing at that point? I don't know that you and I have talked about this. Are you uh, taking notes as you go? I mean, yeah, I no, mean, of that's course. I'm you're taking, trying to. Right. And I'm just recording. talking to all these injured people, mm-hmm. um, kids who had been on range line at, you know, um, I can't remember, was it Pizza Hut or right. some other, one of the right. other fast food right. restaurants and stuff that they had, you know, were talking about and the boards and the stuff in the because town being that destroyed. that hall was a triage area. Right, And right. when I got into town the next morning around dawn, um, that's where I went. Didn't really know, but really know. that's that's where all the activity was. So you're like, well, I better go there. Because right. you and I still can't communicate because there's no No, cell phone. there is no communication. And so, and yeah, I remember yeah. calling the star that night saying, okay, I got all these stories. And mm-hmm. what do we want to do with it? He said, okay, you know, hold on to them right now. We're, we're getting stuff out. Um, so by then it's midnight or 11 o'clock, you know, by the time we get around the, the town and get some stories, um, you know, written and, and notes taken up. And I'm there's no place to go, so I sleep in my car mm. that night um, and put my contacts in little case, eating protein bars, and we sort of sleep in my car outside of Memorial Hall. And then lo and behold, a text comes across from, thank God, from Lynn Onstadt, who says there's going to be a meeting at 26th and Maiden Lane Road, which I didn't even know where that was, of course, mm-hmm. um, at like 5.30. I said, okay. And it was already like 4 or 3 or whatever it was. Um, so put my contacts in, sort of get ready, and of course the sun has barely coming up, and I think we sort of met soon after that. Uh-huh. I talked to the star about a photographer meeting us down there, and I make my way up Maiden Lane or down Maiden Lane because I'm going south, right. I guess, right? Right. And it's fine where I am because it's city. And then soon you're seeing power lines and you're seeing trees down and like even in the early morning light you can see oh my god there was like here's this oh a fire station had been destroyed i saw that and i saw this fire truck that was crushed so that was the first inch you go every inch you go you're seeing yeah. more and more damage and then suddenly you come upon 26th and maiden lane which is where saint john's hospital was 
and Cunningham Park, and it ended up becoming sort of ground zero for at least coverage. And as far as the eye can see, it is just like apocalyptic damage, like just denuded, naked trees, all every branch ripped off, cars heaped into like twisted. You could tell the violence of the storm. Oh, it was just unbelievable. Not only the violence, but I think what was amazing, I don't even know if any photographs ever got this, so I think some of ours did, was just the scope of it from yeah. the horizon to Everywhere horizon. you looked. You could go and in a circle. Yeah. yeah, you just, it was 360 yeah. degrees. Right. And um, just, you know, the trees and the houses flattened and people sort of wandering about. And a lot of media cars, media at that point, we'd all oh, come there. Yeah. St. John's just blown out as if it had, you know, every window sort of in the distance there is dark and blown out. Helicopter on its side. I remember mm-hmm. seeing that. I remember mm-hmm. seeing five or six cars just almost welded together into like this kind of organic, um, um, you know, modern sculpture in some right. weird way. Lots of X's on cars. But what was so X's. interesting. And then we met, right? Then yeah, you got there. And you I, got there. I get there and I end up at Memorial Hall. And um, around that time, the weather's getting bad again. And right. Oh, it starts raining. Right. And, oh my goodness! And everybody is just more scared than you've ever seen anybody. And right. They. Um, I settled in with a couple. They had been married sixty or sixty-five years, and they had waited out the night on their porch. Um, everything was destroyed, but their porch, and they just sat there. They didn't want anybody to take their stuff, so they stayed. And they were. Everybody was so afraid. And I remember being in this really tiny room in Memorial Hall and, you know, little kids crying and moms trying to tell them it's going to be all right because they didn't know. We had no communication in this little area. And so stayed there for a while and saw the injuries and saw that, but finally got to get out. And um, I think what caught me um, is I could still drive. And that's what is so different than in Joplin than any other town I'd ever covered. These people had worked the night to clear debris. Right, right. And, you know, for the most part, you could could drive. You know, I did get a flat tire, but, you know, you could drive, get through, um, and you saw people working on their property. You saw people going through their belongings. And there was no – there was no – cut off you know i've been in towns where you can't get to your home well for a right day. right yeah. i mean not only <laughs> not only are there towns that you can't get to your home i mean moore oklahoma was that afterwards right, you could right. you were cut off from certain perimeter you right. couldn't get in i yeah. mean not only were we not i mean people should know that as reporters you go to an accident at the corner of like linwood right. and indiana and you have to stand yeah. like 500 feet away behind yellow right. tape this was an entire town that had been ripped apart. I mean, gouged right. like like someone had taken a great claw and just ripped it across the center of the town, you know, from one end to the other. And the people said, "It's open to you. Talk yeah. to who you want." Right. And there was um, nobody. You know, be that mindful not, yeah. of their feelings and their, and the devastation. And I mean, to, to be honest with you, I you know, as a reporter. I mean, I'm not sure what you you couldn't do to get great stories. I mean, there did you just have anybody turn ever you turn away? you away? No, I no, not did. one person. I, never did. I mean, you, now you, there were people that could not speak and and but never, never, hey, get off my property, never anything like no, that. No, I and think they wanted their story told, yes. and I think in the middle of their story, they wanted they, a witness to everything because they still couldn't right, believe it, right? right? I no, mean, no, right. people were wandering right. around like stunned, still, um, right. you know, not in the, like a stuporous stun as if it had just happened to them, but. 
a sense like, okay, it, you know, the light has come up on this morning. They had just gone through one of the most horrific, you know, ghastly nights of their lives. Right. Uh, I don't think anybody knew how many people were dead. They were still searching with um, search and rescue dogs at that point, and well, people were still we coming know, in. We didn't know that a parking lot had become a makeshift area for all the bodies. You know, right. by the middle of the night, the coroner was staring at 90 bodies and wondering, what are we going to do? Um, we didn't know, you know, the the heroism that was going on the night Saint before. St. John's the Saint night John's. before. No, it was just empty when and we got there. And it, it is just, you know, and, and you don't know the stories about one man had gone to check on his mom and found her uh, kneeled over the windowsill and dead. And all he could do was pick her up and, and take her. Um, and he found the corner in this basement of a church, which was a makeshift morgue for a split second because that wasn't going to do. There was no light. There was no refrigeration. Right, there was nothing. Right. And he, all he could do was, you know, hold on to his mom and say, what do I do now? And it was, nobody knew what to do, but they did it. They did. They did yeah, move. Yeah. And uh, one family that I was really kind of taken with, they didn't have a loss, but they were one of the few families in Joplin that had a basement. Not a lot of basements in Joplin. And they had gone downstairs. Um, they were cooking dinner. And um, they had all been saved. The next morning, mom is frantic. She's crying. Um, she's going through stuff. And her five-year-old son had lost his favorite stuffed dog, Waggles. Right, right, right. And all her only purpose, and she said, I know it sounds silly, but my only purpose is to find this dog. And a couple of days later, or maybe even a day, they did. But for me as a journalist, the best thing is to find those little successes and those little heartwarming things of somebody who found a wedding picture or somebody, I mean, do you have experiences like that that you oh, remember sure, to this of course, day? Of course, I yeah. mean, a, a lot of it was just trying to get into into places that you thought might be sort of, you know, closed off and um, to, to, to try to understand the scope of that story at that point because I mean, it was all unraveling in right. front of us. We didn't know what literally what the body count was. And we had there, what, what three or injuries. four reporters by well, the Well by that time, by the next day, I do remember standing at Maiden Lane and and twenty sixth Street that first morning and going, I hope they're sending other people <laughs> <laughs> down you knew here. I was there, like, but you're where not are the photographers? Yeah, this yeah. is this is massive. This is, you know, this is otherworldly um, kind of coverage. And we ended up being there a, a long time. Um, yeah, and I think what you get the, the sense of as a reporter was, you know, there was a story here in all these different places. I mean, every place you looked was going to be a story of survival, of difficulty, of right. of, of loss. Um, I know that, you know, these things unwind as you go. You sort of they have a pattern to them. You know that there's going to be uh, search and rescue right. at first, right? right? And then search and rescue then turns to recovery. Can or, you talk you know? about that morning when um, we were going to different places and you had heard about a search and rescue for a little boy, Skyular? Sky, and so you yeah, went, Logsdown, you went on that, right? right. Well, actually, it wasn't far from where we were, and yeah, um, I had gone to. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. You know, you bring back these memories. I had gone uh -huh. to, it's been five years, so I'd gone to a um, one of the fire stations, and they were gathering some kinds of team there. And you I knew they one, were going? No, I think one of the teams was like, let's go out with the workers, the rescue workers. Uh -huh. Or And at that point, it was still search and rescue, right? Right, right. Um, and while, that's right, while we were there, I think Dave Hewlett, the photographer, was with me at that point, I think. And uh -huh. um, 
So we gathered there. We listened to them do their instructions. This was sort of them, sort of a command. And these were volunteers that come into well, town. You yeah, had volunt- some. Yeah, yeah, they were both local and volunteer uh-huh. firefighters and, and, you know, EMS first responders. And they were putting together this, um, you know, this command post. And here's we're going to go door to door, place to place. And then the, the cadaver dogs came in, the dogs right. looking right. that were trained to look for bodies. And so we followed one of them. And ended up at this little hut where they were searching for a, I believe, 18-month-old mm-hmm. or, or so uh, baby, yeah. uh, Skylar uh, Logsdon, whose parents were still in the hospital, as I recall. And, um, you know, searched and searched and searched, and the dog kept striking. I mean, as if it was the dogs, when they, when they find a body, they circle and then they sit. And when a dog sits, you you know that they've smelled something. And and this dog kept doing this. And so the and the and, and I think aunt, I think grandmother and aunt had come in from out of town and were there watching mm. this. I mean, it was just harrowing mm. to see them thinking that their child was under here. In the end, child was not there. Indeed, it was some other kind of like biological material that these dogs were smelling. So the child wasn't there. But you later. Right. They had already found out yeah, that the had child already. had passed away. And that, that's one of the uh, things that happened with Joplin. People that night, right after the storm, they were finding bodies everywhere. They were finding them on cars. They were finding them in uh, the trees. They were finding them on the land and inside homes. And they were trying to gather them in one place because what they would have to do is identify them. And what we discovered within hours is this storm was very violent. Um, it did um, rip bodies apart, and it was a very difficult thing to identify. Um, you know, right. who these people were, where, whose you know, parts, and and that was very difficult. And it would take it would take days to do that. And I don't think people in the community were prepared for that. They no. thought, well, I know that's that's my loved one. I want to take them and I want to bury them right away. It was a a sense of there was this real sense of not will we move on, but we are going to move on, and we are going to rebuild, and we are going to do this. So people were wanting to do it quickly. I hadn't seen that in other towns. Other towns, I don't know if it was the severity, and, and people were still in shock, but there was this, I mean, didn't you see that as well, this work? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you know? yeah, I think so. I, um, certainly the town wanted to somehow, uh, you know, get itself back to normal in some quick way to show that it was strong. I mean, before there was Boston strong, there was this, what Joplin was doing really showed a lot of, you know, grit and determination and courage. Um, But, you know, I I think as reported, we were also sort of looking at these stories. It's not like we know what the stories are when we get down there. We just know that there are types of stories. We know that there's the story of the large, large cast story of, what has this done to the town? How many businesses? How many people have been right. killed? And then there's the people who have been injured, right? And right. injury stories are different and than that. And then there are people who psychologically are going to have a difficult time, the injuries that you don't see, and that this is all going to persist for a long time. And you wonder, okay, I mean, it is a narrative in a sense where you, you, know, you have these people who have been through something traumatic what is that story? What did well, they go and through? And how are they going to get through it? You know, right? and everyone had, had a story. Right, right, and, right. Um, you know, and, and I guess what um, gets me to this day is, you know, we were down there for better part of a year 
um, and I was down there several times in that first year. Uh, the amount of stories that the star did, the book that we did, we really covered that storm like it was a storm that happened mm-hmm. in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And you still did not get all the stories. You know, no, I, in no. doing this anniversary stuff, I had never written about Zach Williams, the 12 year old that, right. that um, was in his uh, bathtub and was sucked out and uh, found in the basically the backyard. Never t- talked to his family. And it, it is amazing to me of how many people you haven't contacted and told their story because we told so many. Right. You know, and that's it, the vastness of it. And, and it's, I think five years later, I mean, so much is, you know, it's weird. So much has happened in these five years that, you know, Joplin seems so real and, and uh, vivid to me as we talk about it. But then you realize, you know, um, um, Boston hadn't happened and right. Um, right. Ferguson hadn't happened. There was no such thing as, I think, as ISIS when right. before this. I mean, the world has, has changed. And so I think, and, and so has Joplin. And I think people will be really, I hope with this series that we have coming up, that people will be really fascinated on on what it looks like today and how it's recovered and how it hasn't. Um, and, and how there is a sense of hope with so many of the people yeah. down there. You know, they, when you when your town is destroyed or heavily damaged by a tornado, you know you're going to go through phases. You're going to go through a unity. You're going to go through a moving on, let's get together and do the work. FEMA and Greensburg and others told Joplin, you're going to go through the hard times. You're going to have hurt feelings. You're going to have arguments. They didn't believe it because it's southwest Missouri and, oh, they're going to get through it. Um, but they did. You know, year sure. three and four, they had struggles. And, um, you know, you had a, a solid core of three or four faces of leadership. And, you know, yeah, you had of most of them are gone. Yeah. And right. um, some not on their own, right. <laughs> you know, and, and they did have struggles. And, and we look at that in, at five years later. We also look at the people who chose to stay. No, I, th- I would say, I mean, having gone down there, I mean, you know, this is the spoiler alert, right? Is that right. many ways that the town has held together. It's, it's, it's a town that's refreshed itself and, and rebuilt. Uh, mm-hmm. But to say that there aren't scars left there and, um, you know, deep wounds and cycle and people still very jittery every time it's, well, it it's rains. Well, it's very raw. It's yeah. very raw. And, and I um, sat with a group of uh, workers from two nursing facilities. And just to hear them, it would have been like the storm had happened yesterday. There were mm-hmm. tears. There was anxiety. Right, right. There were, you know, one lady said, I still, to this day, five years later, will not drive down Connecticut Street. Right, because right. she did that night. And what she saw, she just, you know, it, she hasn't really processed it. And so many people haven't. But I don't know. There's a, there's a sense of um, this town in some ways is stronger and this town is in some ways better but I guess the thing that and you and I've talked about this that has really struck me and I think you as well this town has done uh, a pretty good job of remembering what happened oh there are yeah, memorials much. All everywhere over town. yeah yeah and yeah, yeah not yeah, in, in some way that it's in your face but in a kind of a graceful we will always remember you know mm-hmm. you're at Pizza Hut and you drive around the restaurant and there's a memorial we'll never right. forget what happened here and there's there's a hero story there that we kind of tell right and, and, I, and cunningham park well i think yeah we sort know. of start this at that 26 in maiden lane and maybe we can end it there but where right. st john's was and cunningham park is um i mean you know probably the right as we said the um, ground zero for 
right. destruction, at least in terms all of the media. All the activity, all of, yeah. Right, is yeah. now, um, you know, there's large memorial parks there, and yeah. the hospital's no longer there, and, and actually a sort of a small like a hillock kind of mountain, a kind of small chapel, hill. chapel, they call it, yeah. Right, has yeah. been created out of the debris of that, of that hospital, covered over with, you know, earth and grass, and now there's a gazebo up there with a cross on it, and a uh, place of remembrance, and a park is being built around mm-hmm. there, and then across the street... Um, where so many houses and so many people were, you know, lives were ruined or, or other memorials and, to, you know, to all the people that remain there. You know, and on one of the benches in Cunningham Park now, which, you know, reporters and live trucks, we were in front of Cunningham Park. That was kind of our little office area because that's where you worked. And, and they have benches there and they have a pond dedicated to the children that died and were injured in the storm. One of the um, benches that they have, um, they've made a little area where they put a notebook. And if people sit there and and just think, they can write down um, messages. And they have really have tried to give people that space to remember. But whereas the town has moved on, they say, we'll never forget. So it's, I hadn't seen a town do that much before. Right. So it's really been kind of striking. And I think it's the final thing I would say for anyone who goes, visits Joplin on this and wondering, like, can they see, you know, are there remnants of that storm? What will they see if they visit? In some ways, what you see is what's, you don't see what, what speaks most loudly to the aftermath of that storm, because it's a town that in many ways has healed its scars in terms of construction, but there's trees. also trees. There are no <laughs> there are there are no trees. I mean, they've yeah. tried, and they're trying to plant little they saplings. They look like little bonsais. Yeah, they're like they're little trees. Right. It is shaved. as stark as one yeah. woman said. It's like living in a frying pan. I mean, it's the right. they used to have these big giant cottonwoods and others. Yeah. I, I'm guessing one and, man would describe a canopy that in the spring right. he would drive under it when he was going. You know, right. so they do miss that. Yeah. Right. Um, but what's weird with Joplin, it was just a third of the town. So you go to the other two-thirds, and it's just... There's still trees. There's still right. trees. But the so center of town is you yeah, can... Yeah, yeah. I think that's the biggest the sign of what's you can, missing. You know you're in the path if you're <laughs> right, the when trees. You're, the sun is yeah. over your head. Yeah. Well, thanks. I think that... Yeah, that right? was... Well, I hope uh, people enjoyed hearing some of this. And um, again, if you've enjoyed Deep Background, I hope you go to iTunes and subscribe and um, write us a review. And thanks, Laura. Thank you, Eric. Okay, bye.